Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Just Fish Outdoors. I'm your host, Dale York, and I designed Just Fish Outdoors to focus on freshwater lakes and streams and to provide information, tips, and techniques, along with how-to segments for catching everything from crappie to catfish. We will also provide tips on equipment, tackle, boating, and much, much more. All of this is aimed at helping you catch more fish and have fun doing it. So join us each week as we talk about my favorite subject, fishing. And uh, and that brings us to our special segment. For the special segment this week, I've asked my brother Brian, uh, who is the expert on this particular topic <laughs> in the family. Uh, I don't uh, proclaim to be an expert in this particular topic by any stretch of imagination. Uh, and I've asked him to come along and share some of his knowledge and, and uh, insight on this particular subject. Many folks start thinking about catfish. Uh, as the catfish begin to move upstream, uh, they will uh, follow the so-called, you know, underwater highways like the humps, the bridges, the the drop-offs, uh, anything like this, ledges, and that's what they'll travel on going from their going from their deep water haunts up to their shallow flats. Uh, you know, they'll first move up close to the shallow water that's most adjacent to deep water. Uh, you know, the ledges and the tributary mouse are, are another plus. In our reservoirs, uh, you know, they begin to move and feed in the uh, warmest parts of the lake as the warmer water will draw the shad, and, and uh, of course, this in turn will, will draw the catfish. Uh, look for the sunny, shallow banks with uh, structure, uh, woods a plus this time of year, mid lake humps or, or, or flats, feeder creeks. Uh, and, and real sunny mud flats are are exceptional this time of year. Uh, with the spring rains, you know it'll wash food like crayfish and worms into the lake, uh, and and the catfish will be up in the ends of those tributaries, especially after hard rain. Uh, you know because they're all about catching a, an easy meal. What else comes to mind, Brian, this time of year, <clears throat> early spring? You know you get in the back end of the creeks, back in the pockets off of Main Lake. I've had reports this week of fish being caught on limb lines up and back into the pockets and creeks. Uh, uh, and got one report of uh, a couple of 20-pound-plus flatheads caught up in the back end of a, a pocket up on Uligal this week on limb line. You know, all these fish will move up to feed before it's spawn time. You know, those these fish, you know, they were caught this week up on Uligal, they were flatheads. So, you know, those fish, they won't spawn till probably June uh Late this month, early next month, uh, those fish, they were up there for one reason, and that was up there to feed. Like Dale said, this time of year, you want to find the warmest water you can find if you're going to fish shallow for the fish, and uh, that's that'll be your most productive area. Okay. You know, that that's pretty much uh, the thing that's going to happen with these fish. As, as the next month rolls around, these fish will get shallower and shallower and shallower as a general rule. Uh, now, you know, the, the the main lakes will become hotter and hotter and hotter as far as finding concentrations of fish. And, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be a matter of getting out there and finding the right combination uh, as far as areas close to deep water. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the tackle. I mean, let's talk about a rod and reel first. You, you know, for most situations, uh, you know, I prefer when I'm after these things is is a seven foot, six and a half, seven foot 
fairly stout stick. I, I like a bait caster, but you don't have to throw a bait caster. You can throw a spinning reel. Uh, I like to spool my reel with a 30, 40-pound braid and then use a monofilament leader, uh, especially if I'm using uh, a Carolina-type rig where I'm using a heavier sinker. Uh, what's your favorite rig, Brian? Depends on where I'm at. Uh, if I'm in a river, uh, I'll use a uh, the typical uh, bank sinker rig with the uh, sinker on the bottom and the hook tied on a dropper loop uh, 12, 16 inches above the sinker. Uh, if I'm in the lake, sometimes I'll use the same rig in the lake, especially if I'm uh, fishing off a bank and having to throw a long distance. That sinker on the bottom will will help you uh, maintain, you know, get real good distance. Uh, as, as far as rod and reel, what do you like? If I'm if I'm in the lake, I, I use a lot of big spinning outfits. Uh, this allows you to get the most distance on your cast. Easier, you know, pretty easy operation, especially with large line. Uh, I'll run twenty twenty five pound line monofilament off of uh, eight and ten foot rods. Yeah, that that's uh, that's that's where we differ a little bit. Uh, you know, he prefers the monofilament. And he prefers the spinning rod. Uh, you know, I I really don't have a so-called catfish rig <laughs> what i do is i back up and and uh, adjust one of my uh, uh, other rods for catfishing and, and that's what i normally do is i i throw braided line uh i'll throw uh oh uh, a, a 20 30 40 pound leader on there uh and uh, you know the catfish's mouth is is it's so abrasion you know it's it's like they have a million little bitty teeth in there and uh you know, don't go with too light monofilament. If you go with too light monofilament and they and they get that hook in fairly deep, uh, just the way they twist and shake their head, they they can cut you off pretty easy. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, once again, either type of reel works. Bait caster or spinning reel, either one. Spool your line with your preference, uh, monofilament or braid. Either one will work great. You know, uh, catfish are, are not line shy. So you don't have to worry about the braid as opposed to other species that may be a little more line shy. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, you're, you're either fishing a, a little dangerous water, especially in our tailwaters. So uh, don't be afraid to, uh, to, to try braided line. Uh, it, it is an excellent thing to use. You know, sometimes when you're fishing for the, the smaller catfish or the table-sized catfish, uh, you know, what I call pound, two, three pound catfish, you know, the, the braided line, the lights can be very, the bites can be very light. So the braided line will help you through that, you know, and once again, like I said, uh, uh, you know, they're not line shy, so, or at least I've never noticed them being too line no, shy. No, no, they so, don't, uh, you could, sometimes I think you could put that hook on a piece of ski rope and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, I think you're right. They, they uh, of course, they feed, or at least, most of the catfish feed primarily by smell, not by sight anyway. So, uh, you know, one of the things you got to uh, take in consideration when you're spooling up your line is whether you're fishing uh, a tailwater situation or you're fishing a still water like a reservoir, uh, because if you start getting too big in diameter of your line, uh, what will happen, especially if you're, if you're fishing in a tailwater situation, the larger diameter of the line, the more drag you'll have on that line the more weight you'll have to use to keep your bait down there if you're fishing on bottom. And it can actually cause you to miss a fish. 
you don't want to use any heavier line than you absolutely have to for a lot of if you're fishing up in the lake and, and you're you're fishing a very large diameter line uh you know the wind can catch it and and put, produce a pretty good sized bow in your line and uh, that can cause you to miss the fish as well just because you can't get tight with the fish before you jerk so uh you know take that in considerations when you're uh, uh you're doing that and uh you know uh, you know, if you're targeting big cats, big catfish, then you kind of have to adjust your rig in accordance with that. Uh, whether you're, if you're targeting smaller catfish, you know, say 10 pounds and under, uh, you can get by with a, a, a lot less, uh, a lot less beefier equipment than you can if you're you're targeting big cats. Uh, the next thing we'll talk about is, uh, you know, what type of rig to use. Brian talked about, you know, using a typical bait sinker with a dropper up above it. Uh, that's one way, uh, especially if you're fishing a real trashy bottom. You know, what you can actually do is is that will keep your hook up off the bottom just a little bit with your sinker down on so you're not as apt to get snagged in some situations uh, especially in some of your tailwater situations down below your dams uh, this can be a, a very effective very effective rig to use uh, the next one would be the carolina rig uh, brian brian and i both use a carolina rig especially in the lakes and it has its advantages and has its disadvantages but what else what other kind of rigs come to mind brian well, you can take that Carolina rig and do a uh, modification uh, to it. It's called a Carolina float rig. Uh, what this basically involves is your basic Carolina rig, except uh, off the end of your uh, other end of your swivel where your leader is at, where your hook goes. Uh, you make that leader a little bit longer, take a small float, put it halfway between your uh, swivel and your hook, and that will actually float your bait up off of the bottom. Uh, that's a very popular method to use, especially in in, uh, uh, in timber. It's real popular to use in areas that have a lot of a lot of weed growth in the bottom of the lakes. They use that rig a lot back uh, east east of the Mississippi River, over in the Carolinas and stuff. They use that rig a lot over there. You know, then there's the float rig, which is basically your basic slip float hook sinker. You know, where you can adjust depths to it. It's a real, real popular rig on our reservoirs in springtime when it's, when these fish move up on these riprap banks to spawn. Uh, a lot of people get around these bridges and overpasses that go across our lakes, and they fish those riprap areas. And that float rig is a very, very popular method of uh, catfish fishing those type areas because you can get that bait just above the bottom off that riprap, and you don't have to worry about hardly ever getting hung up that way. Yeah, we're 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 getting very close to where these catfish are are really starting to actively feed before they go on the beds, and they're roaming a lot, they're traveling a lot, and that floating rig that Brian was just dis- discussing, <clears throat> in some cases, well, in many cases, it can be the preferred method of choice for catching, you know majority of your catfish you know say under five six seven pounds uh it can produce a lot of fish especially if you get into an area where they're actively roaming and feeding uh one of the things we'll talk about as well is the type of hook uh now on a carolina rig you know a lot of people use circle hooks and i'm a proponent of circle hooks because in in a lot of cases it it has a tendency to hook the fish in the corner of their mouth and uh you know one of the things that's real popular nowadays especially catching bigger catfish is to snap a pitcher and release the fish uh and circle hooks on a carolina rig work real real well now 
it's really not uh, our uh, choice when we're fishing a floating rig or something that's up off the bottom that we're traveling with, simply because you may be fishing around rocks, you may be fishing around structure, you may be fishing around something with that float rig that you don't want that catfish to get into once they start biting. Uh, On a circle hook, you know, the fish generally sets the hook themselves. You don't jerk the rod. The fish just takes off with the bait, and you just basically start reeling the fish in. Now, on on a float rig, you don't necessarily want to do that. Uh, you may be fishing just a few feet away from the biggest, gnarliest, uh, you know, spider web of a of a of a tree that uh, that there is in the lake. And when that catfish hits that bait on your cork, you don't want that catfish to run with it. You want to snap that catfish's nose and bring him to the boat. You don't want him to get in that brush pile and and, uh, and get you all tangled up. So, uh, you know, on a float rig, we generally uh, stress that probably just a regular strong J-hook, regular type hook is, is ideal for a float rig because you will be setting the hook and you want to turn that fish before they get around whatever it is that you're fishing around. Uh, what else comes to mind, Brian? Well, there's a, there's another style of hook that I really really like for uh, fishing. If if you if you need to bust the fish immediately, you know, on the on a good bite or whatever, and that's a kale hook called a kale style hook, and uh, I use those probably eighty percent of my catfish fishing is done with kale hooks. Uh, I'll use anywhere from a one odd all the way up to a four odd, depending on what particular species or size that I'm fishing for. Uh, this is a very, very strong hook. Uh, fish are not prone to swallow it. Uh, I've caught uh, fish up to over 50 pounds on rod and reel with this hook. And as a general rule, uh, this hook will will usually stick a fish either in the top, you know, it will stick the fish in the mouth. It, they won't have a chance to get it down. You know, like Dale said, when you're fishing around cover, you know, be it in a river, in a lake, or whatever, you're probably going to have to get that bait fairly close to that cover in order to entice that fish to bite, especially during the daytime. Now, of a night, that may be a different story. That fish will come out of there, and he'll roam around a little bit to feed. You know, he may come 20, 30 feet out away from that cover to take that bait, but during the day, he's going to be holed up underneath it, and you're going to have to get it fairly close to him in order to get him to bite it. So that means you're, you know, you're already kind of in the hole here when he bites it. That means you got to be on your toes and be ready to rock and roll because, you know, and this is where your heavier tackle comes in. you got to have enough rod and, and line there to move that fish away from that once you do stick him. Yeah, you know, and another thing we, we probably ought to throw in here is when you are deciding on how much weight to use on your Carolina rig uh, or your bank sinker rig, uh, only use enough that you have to have. You know, don't overweight uh your line or overweight uh uh that you don't need to uh you know in a lot of cases uh how you position your boat and how steady your boat is uh can determine to some extent how much weight you use uh there's also wind to take in consideration there's also current if you're fishing below one of our dams uh there, you know there's depth there's a, there's a lot of things to consider when you're trying to select uh, the amount of weight that you want, size of bait, there's just a myriad of things. But the point that uh, I want to stress is don't use more than you have to use. Only use what you have to have to to do the job. You you can actually, uh, you know, make a a problem for yourself if, if you overweight 
overweight your bait it's it's just not a good thing to do ever 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 so don't so don't do that uh another thing we'll talk about here briefly is uh you know we've talked about how to cover water with a floating rig and uh you know we've talked about uh you know fishing on bottom with the carolina rig and the bait sinker uh another real real popular thing to do this time of year and throughout the summertime is they call it dragging for cats or cat dragging or whatever you want to call it cat throwing whatever you want to call it is that uh is you rig a, a carolina rig or one of these bank sinker rigs like brian's talking about and you get out there on these flats and you actually drift your boat with uh with the wind or your trolling motor and drag that bait along the bottom uh, finding these scattered fish it's an extremely productive method especially in the summertime and it's also a good way to get the rod jerk plumb out of your hand so yeah you, you have to be careful about that as well uh some tips on uh, dragon cat dragon brian uh yeah the slower you can do it with the less weight you can do it the better off you are if at all possible i like to keep my uh, weight to like a half ounce or maybe a three-quarter move I mean, just fast enough to where maybe every once in a while you have to lip up on the rod tip, you know, to kind of get that bait, keep it moving. But, uh, you know, you want to you drift just fast enough to keep it moving. And if you can do that, you cover a lot of water. And, you know, like Dale said, when those, you wouldn't think it, but when those, a lot of times those big channel cats, when they hit a bait, when you're drift fishing like that, uh, you know, it's something akin to a lawnmower hitting a brick. Uh, it will come to a screeching halt and try to go the other way on you at a high rate of speed. <laughs> yeah. Tendency is a lot of times it's to set as soon as those fish hit like that. Folks, if you'll give it just a couple of seconds, if you'll spin around and follow that fish back with your rod, because once they hit it like that, they ain't going to drop it. And if you'll follow him back just a little bit, give him time to turn his body kind of sideways to you a little bit to where you're actually jerking back into the fish, you'll miss few, fewer and fewer fish if you give them time to get turned around to where you're putting a hook back into the fish. And, and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the other things we'll discuss here briefly <clears throat> is, uh, you know, the type of bait. Uh, y- you know, as, as for my money and what I've seen, uh, you're going to be hard pressed to beat uh, fresh shad. Uh, if if you can go to your reservoir or your river and catch fresh shad, whether you cut them up, whether you use them live, whether you use them whole, whatever you do, in my humble opinion, and once again, I'm not catfish king by any stretch of imagination, but uh, it, you know it is just hard to beat fresh shad. Uh, what's your bait of choice, Brian? Oh, by far, by far. Uh as far as I'm concerned, there's there's certain times of the year, you know, if you can't get shad, you just might as well stay home. <laughs> uh, you know, and as as the summer progresses and we get later on in the summertime, there's lots of other baits that will catch eating size fish. But in a spring like this, uh, when the shad start moving up, of course, uh, you know, everything else is moving up along with them. Uh, it is very, very difficult to beat that fresh shad. And like Dale said, you can either cut it, fish it whole, fish it live, however it is you decide to do it. Uh, it is very difficult to beat that live or fresh gizzard shed. There, you know, there's a there's a whole list of uh, uh, prepared baits out there that, uh, and I'm sure most every one of them, if not all of them, will produce fish. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to beat uh, catching your own shed and and uh, learning how to throw a throw net, learning how to find those schools of fish with your electronics, the uh, schools of bait fish, and, and 
finding the habits of those shad and learning where to catch them, uh, it, it will just dramatically increase your chances of catching fish for dinner, I guarantee you. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> Folks, the thing we're trying to stress here, too, as well, is, uh, you know, catfish fishing, you don't need a lot of equipment. You can literally just walk up and shore fish. Many of our reservoirs are just filled with these things, and it's uh, it's not too much of a problem to get a bite uh, if you're using uh, the right type of bait and fishing uh, some of the right type of water at the right time of year. It's great for family activity. Like I said, you don't need a lot of equipment. You can literally just load everyone up in the in the vehicle and, and drive up to the lake and fish off the bank. Uh, and in, in many cases, be very productive at it. So, uh, Well, it, you know, it's, it's coming up on that time of the year where uh, almost to the point, folks, where bank fishing for these things is preference over boat fishing. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be. It can be as well. So, uh, you know, get out there and, and, and take the family fishing. Uh, get out there and chase some of these things. Uh, many folks uh, just love to eat them. Uh, they say they're just the best thing since uh, uh, sliced bread. So uh, get out there and have at it. And, and it is getting close to that time where uh, they're definitely going to be everywhere on our reservoirs as far as actively feeding. So get out there and do that. Uh, folks, the tip of the week, uh, I've I've had some questions on setting up the Lorance HDS screens. And one of the things I'll discuss here briefly, uh, when you're actively searching for fish, uh, deciding which screens you want to view on your electronics HDS units can be critical. Uh, my suggestion is using a combination of three screens, uh, one for 2D sonar, uh, one for left side structure scan, and one for right side structure scan. You know, you can cover a lot of water with this configuration and, and find fish producing areas and suspended fish with increased speed and accuracy. So uh, try this setup next time you're on the water, and, and I'm sure uh, you'll agree with me that this is one of the best setups as far as screen locations and number of screens, uh, especially if you're running the you know the HDS-9 or the HDS-12. Uh, it, it's an excellent combination. Uh, you, you know, like I always say, remember, if you can't find them, you ain't going to catch them. So uh, uh, that's one of the tips I'll send, send with you today. Uh, folks, feel free to send me an email if you have a Lawrence question. I'll try to help out. Uh, once again, you know, get out and enjoy one of the many lakes or streams we're blessed to have. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming on the show today, and, and I've hoped we'd help some, some folks with uh, some catfish uh, questions and thoughts. And, uh, folks, get out there and get after these catfish because uh, we're coming up on the time of year when uh, it's just not going to get any better. Definitely the prime time. <clears throat> Don't forget, folks, you can find us on Facebook at Just Fish Outdoors. Uh, folks, get out and enjoy one of the many lakes or streams we're blessed to have. Thanks for listening, and be sure to catch us next week at the same time. This is Dale York, host of Just Fish Outdoors, saying we'll catch you later.